0: Welcome to the Legends of Oral Regeneration by the Osteology Foundation. One host, one guest, and a whole bunch of experience and expertise. Meet the people behind the names and get unique insights.
1: Hello, everyone. I'm Frank Schwartz. I'm a board member of the Osteology Foundation, and I welcome you to a new episode of the podcast Legends of Oral Regeneration. It is my greatest pleasure and honor welcoming uh, Professor Wilfried Wagner as interview partner. Professor Wagner is an honorary and founding board member of the Osteology Foundation, and he's a professor emeritus at the Johannes Gutenberg University of Mainz, Germany, where he was chairman of the Department of Oral and Maxillofacial Surgery for more than 25 years. Professor Wagner has a very distinguished and impressive career as a clinician, researcher and academic teacher. For instance, he was the president of the German Society for Dental and Oral Medicine, the DGZMK. He is honorary member of several dental and medical societies and he has received numerous awards such as the Golden Needle of Honor of the German Dentist Association, or the prestigious Ernst von Bergmann Badge of the German Medical Association. So these are just very few highlights of his curriculum vitae and it is my greatest pleasure to welcoming you Wilfried today. And my first question to you is, how are you?
0: Frank, everything is fine. We are well staying and i uh, funny with our uh, granddaughter uh, all the time and, you know, I have no additional job in the university and can enjoy my time.
1: Well, this is specifically in, in, in these challenging times. Um, this is really good to hear. So you, you are healthy, um, but definitely you are more active than you just said. So this is what we will highlight, of course, all your current duties and um, but i'm glad to hear that that you are doing well and fine so again thank you for the time that uh, that you take for this interview and as you as you may know in in this podcast series we are we are trying to look back at your career and maybe i can identify some 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 details that that are not written in your curriculum vitae but we will also look at the present and uh, look at the future and the first and i would say standard and the must question is um how did it all started so you are an oral maxillofacial surgeon so you have a double degree so this is nothing that you that you decide once in the morning, when you stand up, so Richard, can you can you give us some more insights on your way on the decision?
0: It, it was a very tricky way. First, I want to study uh, medicine, and then I was in the hospital and saw the patients dying, and I thought that's very difficult to handle this all my life and I changed the direction to dentistry. When I was in the clinic in dentistry, I saw Professor Scheunemann with maxillofacial surgery. This means uh, tumor surgery and cleft surgery. That was the biggest point, and I decide I make an uh, additional training in medicine and will uh, be maxillofacial surgery in the future, surgeon in the future. But after I finished both studies, I go for some years in the dental uh, office as a normal general dentist. And after three years, I go back to the university and started with Professor Tetsch, who uh, was an oral surgeon in our university and I started with bone substitutes and um, implantology in 1977. And that was the start of implantology in my career and the start of uh, animal experience with bone substitutes. And in 1918, I uh, changed uh, to the... Indoor patients with Professor Schoenemann with the main topic of carcinomas and cleft surgery and reconstruction. And therefore, these are also my two scientific uh, main topics. Implantology and soft soft and hard tissue regeneration on one side, and on the other uh, side, tumor biology and clefts. So well, this is
1: quite interesting. And this is what I also realized when I looked at your curriculum Vitae. So you actually, you, you, you started as a dentist and uh, you, 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 you come from the dental perspective. And do you think that this has made you to the person that you uh, became the years later? So, so coming from the dental perspective.
0: That was a uh, very important point that I all my time. Even when I was mainly um, uh, medical doctors, I never forget the view to the dentists, and that was the reason why I was always in, also in official function and bridge builder between dentistry and medicine, and that is was the reason even in the moment i'm still vice president of the german uh, scientific associations for medicine and uh, as this as a vice president i look special aspects of dentistry never uh, forget in uh, the medical associations
1: yeah so this is actually what what you did so you 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 served as an ambassador for dentistry in, in in medicine. So this is how I saw you all the years that you are very supportive, supportive of, of the dental profession, and uh, I'm glad to hear that that you that you you see it in the same way. Um, Wilfried, when when we look back at this this year 1977, so you have started to, to work in the in the oral surgery department with pro, uh, Professor Tej. Yes. And uh, as far as I remember, you were uh, together with Dr. Karl Ludwig Ackermann who really sadly passed away last uh, year. And um, so this is where, where you started to to learn about implant dentistry, is it right?
0: Yes, that's right. We, we were three persons, Lisa Jacobi, uh, Lisa, Lisa Kresser Jacobi, for her person. She looks on immediate loading with Ledermann screws in this time. Aki looks for set implants and combinations in the distal parts, combination of implants and natural teeth. And my job was uh, immediate implants. I'm looking on uh, single tooth and immediate implants.
1: Which is still an area of research that you are, well, you, you are one of the the pioneers in, in this area, Yeah, immediate implant placement, and you still do research projects in, in this area, yeah? It's,
0: uh, it's uh, started then, we have done a lot of mistakes in this time, uh, coming from the Turinger implants uh big as possible and uh, the, the alveolus sevenns and we even treated young uh, people growing people and we was uh, pr- surprised that the uh, implant doesn't grow with the teeth and <laughs> something like this and uh, and in this time also in Frankfurt in the Batelle Institute three calcium phosphate was uh, coming on the market and we used it in the um, in the department, but the success was not so good as expected. And therefore, we started this animal experiments with this type of tricalcium phosphate and uh, other uh, bone substitutes, like PUROST, similar to bioos, but a little bit different, but in uh, and, and other artificial bone substitutes. They're therefore, immediate implant, and bone substitute was a very early beginning of my scientific work in this time.
1: It, it, just for, for the younger listeners, um, so today when, when we go to the surgery room, we, we open uh, the shelf, we have a multitude of implants available. H- how was it in those days? Did you have implants in on, on the shelter or did you have to order them? How was it in those days?
0: We we had, mm, we had a, uh, mostly three types of implants, I, as I mentioned before. It was, I am said it was a uh, tubing uh, aluminum oxide, and uh, then uh, the Lederman screw. And even when a new one was coming, we put it uh, additionally. But the three implants I mentioned before, we had on stock. We have not to, uh, to order it. We had an, um, a stock of different lengths and uh, different diameters. So we can uh, make implants when the indication seems to be good for this patient.
1: How was the, the, the perception of the patients? So did, did they came to the clinic asking for implants? Or did you, did you push the, the patients towards implants? How was it in those days?
0: In, in those days, it was uh, both directions. After, uh, after Professor Tetsch was some uh, months in, uh, in his job, uh, patients know in this university you can get implants, and they come by its own. But most of the patients were uh, patients which seems to us that it would be a benefit for them to be treated by implants. And then we we started at the beginning with an, uh, com- a combination of prosthodontists and surgeons in the same time they looking for the patient and the prosthodontist said that I can solve normally. Or he said it would be helpful to, to have an implant. And in this combined decision, we looked in this time for the best for the patient. There were very not so much implant indication as it is now. It, the bone has to be sufficient. We have not made um, bone augmentation for, to uh, make implants available. And mostly it was single tooth, edentulous, mainly lower jaw, and distal missing teeth to avoid the prosthesis by one side missing distal teeth that was a three main uh, indication uh, as we started.
1: So when you moved to the the oral maxillofacial department and you you took over the position, so you became the chairman, um, how many years later, so it was was a quite a quite fast career that you had isn't it.
0: It, it was uh, very quick, yes, yeah and, uh, it was some. Um, I changed uh, to the other department in in the middle of uh, 1918, And I uh, get, um, uh, what is the name for awards? I come uh, for leading position in 1988. And uh, then in 1919, I get um, provision Uh, head of both department, of the oral surgeon and the um, indoor uh, patients, and the department of maxillofacial surgery. And since 1919, I was head of maxillofacial surgery uh, up to uh, uh, two years.
1: And how how did it change so when when you were in the oral maxillofacial uh, department so you you had more the the, uh, the reconstruction after tumor resection um, how did it change your indication for for using implants and i'm still talking about those early days so were the, the implants more common for for those patients or was it more common in the oral surgery department
0: Uh, It was an agreement when I changed the department that I uh, told was attached. It will not be that I uh, will make every implant now uh, in in the department of maxillofacial surgeon. It was a focus to use um, implants for two more patients to uh, help them after they lost partial jaws and soft tissue and even traumatic uh, patients. These two groups were the main groups where I've done implants and, and this time uh, starting with bone uh, transplantation because these patients had mostly missing soft tissue and missing heart tissue and it was nearly always with autogenous uh, bone transplants from the hip or from the local area, mostly from the hip because there were huge defects which were not uh, uh, to be treated by local bone, and then we started also a little bit with uh, clefts and the missing uh, lateral incisor. This were the three groups where we uh, use implants. And then we started a little bit, for example, was in wrong direction for patients with um, all lycoplanus, because they couldn't wear a mechanical prosthesis and we uh, help them to support. But this patient's is very tricky for secondary tumors around the implants.
1: So at those days, um, and I assume that the, the University of Mainz or this department was, was more or less um, leading in, 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 in the early use of implants. Um, who was your mentor in, in in those days, or who was your, I would say, the person that it inspired you most in those days? And I'm still talking about implant dentistry.
0: Well, implant dentistry, it was uh, a clear situation. I uh, see the first patients and I get uh, scientific uh, input by Peter. Gives, uh, we discuss a lot. And even with guests he invited, it was very inspiring uh, uh, to hear other opinions. And um, in this time, I have written only paper on implant and bone substitutes in uh, this time. And when I changed to the, uh, to the maxillofacial department, my first paper was an long-time um, control of more than 10 years old tantal needle by pruing for mm-hmm. the jaw. It was very interesting and funny um, experience to see that uh, indication with the same treatment get to very different uh, results in the long time running. If you look in uh, results than 10 years. and But then, in this time, I changed my focus on tumor biology, um, carcinomas, mostly on carcinomas and oral mucosa diseases, and in combination with this. And I always, even as head of the department, we had these two uh, main topics, one, one topic, tumor biology, oral. Pathology and the other one was implantology and uh, soft tissue regeneration, uh, tissue regeneration, not only soft. And uh, all members of my staff had to go in both groups so that not one group is only. Um, tumor biology and the other ones. Uh, the, the other group is only implantology, and they not uh, discuss with uh, together. But if you look on the persons who had uh, um, a PhD career it got during my time, and three uh, three person uh, just after I was uh, I, I go from the department, just half of them have a focus on tumor biology, and the other half uh, um, had a PhD um, on implantology or uh, tissue regeneration.
1: Yeah, actually, when, when we look or when I look at your publications, and of course, I know most of your uh, publications over the years, since many of the, the papers were really um, key papers, um, but. Do you know the, the most cited paper of your of your work?
0: I don't know.
1: Don't? I don't know. What, what what do you guess which one was the the, the most cited paper? It was about um, the risk factors of bisphosphonate associated osteonecrosis of the jaw so which is a topic that you you were also one of the the first groups Um, that 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 looked at this new problem at those days. And this has also become a very important part of your scientific career. So this is just um, I would say uh, one example um, on on, on how um, I would say on how early you you look at newly or newly evolving topics in, in this field.
0: It was, uh, it was one uh, strategy to, to look uh, in the journal uh, group what is, what is now uh, um, new in the. In the seems to be worse for a young uh, colleague to look at. We have also, uh, and therefore we, we saw that uh, bisphosphonate necrosis will be a huge topic. Even in the normal dental office in, in the future. And therefore, we look on this. It was a project in even bridging the oral pathology and the implantology. That was one reason. And we have very early also uh, a group who are looking on pH, um, on platelet rich plasma. And we have not seen so good results in. In our experience, you, you remember perhaps some discussions.
1: Yeah, yes, of course. And also the persons that were involved. Um, well, th- th- these are really examples how how um, straightforward your your approach was. And um, wh- when you look back at what you did, and when you look at what we are doing now in our daily work, what do you think? What, what has changed? Um, let's say, for for the purpose of oral tissue regeneration? What has changed from the past to to what we are doing today?
0: The the first point is that the scope to do regeneration is much bigger. The indication is much bigger. And even the the treatment is much more complex uh, over over the time. And sometimes I have some doubt in, in the indications, the question, does it really benefit for the patients, what we are doing, that we have to more check the risk for the patient and the benefit side on, on the treatment. And therefore, we have to check not only what is possible to do and to ask every day if I if I make surgery for, uh, for this patient, it's always with surgery to ask what is the benefit in this individual individual situation for this patients? And then we ask these questions before we do it, then I'm sure we'll be, we will uh, reach a benefit, a real advantage for this uh, patients. and I hope it will be uh, in mind in all. Uh, decisions we do. Uh,
1: when I understand it right, so you, you have the feeling that today it's it it's more a problem to to define the indication more precisely to avoid, let's say, some kind of an overtreatment? treatment.
0: Yes, this a- that's a, that's a point. I think uh, not in every in every situation we need it, and even for not for every patient. Some patients had risk factors, which uh, give us an, an hint to, to make a more easy treatment. I am sure that a lot of patients need augmentation in combination with uh, implant treatment and rehabilitation. And even this conventional uh, uh, prosthetic treatment, they need augmentation for, let's say, a better situation in, in a fixed prosthesis. It's not only this implantology. Regeneration, and I avoid to discuss period indications because it's not my uh, scientific uh, topic, but I think the tissue regeneration in soft tissue and hard tissue is a really advantage and it is a, has a really indication in a lot of patients. It has to be in the scope of the uh, person who treats the patients, together or in uh, part, changing. Uh, but we have to check if that what we are doing really is a benefit for this patient. And right. that's the question I have sometimes a feeling that it is not answered correctly.
1: Yeah. So you're talking about guidelines, which is a very good point. So you are um, the vice president of the Association of the Scientific Medical societies. So in Germany, we call it RVMF, Mm -hmm. and um, this this society um, is has a very strict and straightforward Um, let's say approach to conduct guidelines for practitioners and um, it is I would say um, an an honor that uh, the EFP so the European Federation of periodontology who who made the the consensus conferences since many many years they adopted now to this RVMF guidelines for their uh, new consensus meetings so this is um, maybe a point that you may also elaborate on a little bit. So your work as a vice president and your perspective for those, uh, guidelines for the future.
0: I, I think we have to, I have some problems with, uh, even with the German guidelines, if they are looking only on very strict literature selection. I have sometimes the feeling that the rules to select the literature, which will become in the guideline, is too strong. If you look for evidence which is in our to uh, experience, it's also evidence. We have sometimes the feeling this patient, this patient I should to treat in another way because the. Uh, dealing to the patient's reaction of the patient, and all, all these things are not going in guidelines. Guideline is only describing the best external evidence which exists. And in the, uh, in the implementation of these guidelines, you have to look on more than only on this external evidence. You have to look in the interaction and, and the individual situation between the person who treats the other and even the patient, if he is working with you in the same way as it is given in the prospective randomized study with very different criteria. Therefore, it has to be careful to use these guidelines in a proper way for the patient decision.
1: So you mean it is it is difficult to to individualize the evidence so that this cannot just be done by, by guidelines you you still need the the dentist that um, that makes the decision right
0: yes that's uh, that's very important it is it is not um, coming out of the, only out of the guideline if this situation you have to do this but you have to check the circumstances and even to check the money, let's say, because not every treatment in a complex way is possible for every patient. Even if you look now on the high equipment implantology with guided computer diagnosis, Guided templates and all all these things—it's all very important—and you can find external evidence that it helps. But if the patients need it, who is sitting in uh, your office is another question. And therefore, you have to be careful. You have some very important uh, information. What is the best treatment you can do? supported by literature, but it is not the best treatment for the patient who is sitting in your office. Therefore, I am, I'm sure that the individual going to the patient is more important as uh, only the external evidence in the literature.
1: So the education is is still a key element, yeah? Mm
0: -hmm. So.
1: Yeah, just reading a guideline does does not make you a good dentist. So you you need to be educated. Um, This is, I would say, a quite interesting finding that we are all uh, facing now in in, in this COVID pandemic that um, we we, we cannot travel, we cannot go to conferences. And and now we have what we always predicted at someday we will have all these virtual learning courses. How is your personal feeling um can we replace the, the on-site teaching either at the university or in the postgraduate education? What is your feeling now with the knowledge on on the online education?
0: And I don't believe on this, especially in, uh, um, in surgery or in prosthetics, you need also hands-on parts and you need also the interaction between the teacher and the Person who will be uh, teach, he has questions, and uh, all these things are going much better as in an online way. I, I believe online uh, can be uh, can be a support for everything, but not replace the um, education person by person. I when I was um, president of uh, Digezdemk. Quintessence Verlag started with online academy. It's it's a change of um, 2000. It's uh, 20 years ago. I have to start the, the uh, to press a button for online academy. But now we are 20 years later. It's much. Uh, it's now much better in technical support that it has been in um, 2000. But the main point is that you also need the communication, the personal. You go to a special teacher because you have the feeling he is uh, open-minded. He is not fixed on his idea. He will discuss with you what you are doing. And all these things are not possible in an uh, appropriate way in only online. Um, uh, teaching I, I i i like online teaching but it is not the only thing to bring a person to a, a good doctor for the patient
1: yeah so this is um, this is hopefully what, what we can can do in the near future again to meet and to exchange on an, on a personal basis i'm I, I i'm really glad that you see it in the same way as 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 i do um briefly, when, when we look back a little bit uh, i've mentioned that you were a founding member of the osteology foundation so um you were among these these really big personalities jan linde klaus lang and, and you you have started to establish a foundation that uh, became such a, a huge success over all those years and and you you have yeah based the, 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 the starting point, so do we have some, some nice anecdotes from those early days? So when you met and you were together, what, what do you remember? Some things that you may, may like to share with, with the audience, with the listeners.
0: It, uh, it, it was learning by doing, how we work, how much money we get from the company to support uh, scientific projects, how we handle, the grant uh, procedure. And from from every country, we get some information how they do it in the national way. And all this comes together, and it was sometimes funny, sometimes hard discussions, uh, how to uh, go forward uh, in, in developing the things. It was in the beginning. Only a few projects we discuss. We discuss all things in the, the whole group, and then we, were, uh, the work was too much, and we divided in an education part of the board and a scientific part of the board, and uh, we only had um, the. And at the end, result discussions of the uh, and the whole group go with us. It was. Even in time in starting with uh, uh, GBR and other things, we we had some restrictions in knowledge. We had uh, we discussed about external evidence. We had uh, very few external evidence in a clinical way. We had uh, a lot of animal experience in a randomized way, but we have not really run. Uh, stable prospective randomized studies in this time and therefore it was uh, one point to enhance to 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 support clinical studies in um, with the foundation it was one of the main goals but it was a hard goal because clinical studies to bring in uh, the community is much more difficult as uh, animal uh, studies, even granting, because it's long time running. It's uh, the parameters are not so stable as in animals, and all these other things. Therefore, one main important point was dividing the group in uh, two projects, education, scientific-based education, and support scientific development in uh, um, clinical directions, that uh, was the main point. And let's say one additional point was that we come together also with our husbands one time in Switzerland and spent a weekend together, not only scientific discussion, even personal discussion. And um, so it was a development of friendship over a long time. And uh, uh, that was, I think, also one of the important points in the development of foundation that the board member were a good pay, uh, personal relation and friendship.
1: That's a very good point. Um, do you have still contact or still in, in, in a regular contact with, with other uh, foundation board members? So honorary board members from the past, do you yes,
0: have a connection. On uh, a regular basis, I have contact uh, with your uh, WhatsApp. Yeah. With myano Yeah. With uh, Nevins. Danny Bousa, not so intensive as uh, the other three persons, but um, and the persons I. Uh, i listened just before i have contact to birthday to christmas to and even in between and we george was uh, Watzek, i met austria we, we hope we, we try to arrange a uh, contact where we can stay perhaps and play a little bit golf together uh, and sorry it's not my phone um and, and even uh, we, we play golf together. I think it's uh, a long-lasting friendship. And I hope that the board, also in future, is not only um, on a um, work basis. They have also a basic of friendship in the relationship. And you have to trust the other one, that he, uh, is, he is pulling in the same direction. Uh, with the foundation and then it works
1: so th- this is a very good point so maybe when we extrapolate a little bit to the to the future so my my feeling is that um so the, the newer generation they are looking more at um at being being the first and uh, i i have the feeling that this this fundamental basis of a friendship um it is it, not so in, in in the scope but I, I see and I fully support it that friendship should be the basis. It's the basis for success, isn't it?
0: That's, that was the point I made. I think without this uh, uh, relation, friendship together, the work together will be not so successful. And a personal personal point for me over all the time, I and uh, a lot of uh, functions in different ways was always to avoid that i uh, the first person in this group the main point is to to be serious and discuss and you can bring the things forward and the experience in this time was that over the time if you are a really personal trusting friendship to the other ones they ask you if you not uh, want to uh, make some leading function and uh, i think that's not the goal to get it the goal is be a cooperative member of the team and i hope that's will also uh, in the future the main goal of uh, of the board, that all of them are cooperative members with the same goal.
1: I guess this is, is a very good um, um, concluding remark that uh, friendship should should be something that is of of crucial importance of of being successful also in this professional field of dentistry and tissue regeneration. I totally. Yep.
0: I totally agree that that should be an important point to work together. And even we know us, us also a lot of years and uh, in, in different groups and different uh, um, combinations. And it must be the trust that the other one is supporting the goal you have those together.
1: Wilfried, that's um, I would say the, the perfect concluding remark of this of this really nice um, interview. I, I really enjoyed it a lot. Uh, we we have learned many things. So in between the lines that that we could not get when we just read your um, impressive curriculum vitae. So on behalf of the the foundation, I would like to thank you very, very much for your time and for your willingness and support of this interview. And uh, I, I really hope that we will meet again um, in the near future. Uh, Wilfried, stay st- stay well and healthy with your family and um, thank you so much.
0: Yes, and the best greetings to the board members which are now looking for the Well-going of sociology. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye-bye.